This is episode number 199. Do you worry about being forgotten? With Nancy John. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to our upcoming call on Saturday called Courageous Conversations. This is a space that we started approximately six to seven to maybe even eight months ago with the intention of bringing our community even closer as well as creating a space for each and every single one of us to better understand our individual journeys. If you would like to know more information about how to join any of these upcoming calls, please leave us a message through our website at overcomingodds.today. The second thing that I'd like to make an announcement about is if you have enjoyed any of our previous episodes or have had the honor to attend any of our events, please consider supporting our work. And that is by making a contribution through our website. It could be as small as 5 or 10 or maybe even $15 that can help progress a lot of the work that we do within this community or If you're not able to support our mission in that way, consider spreading the message about overcoming odds to those within your particular community. The last announcement that I would like to make is this. If you have enjoyed any of the previous episodes, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Alec. It's nice to be here again. I was going to do a full-blown introduction, but then I just realized that you and I have had numerous conversations yeah. by now. <laughs> what just just for those who haven't had the opportunity to connect or meet you, what what would you say are the best places that people can learn more about who you are and the different ways that you impact the world? Yeah, I'd say LinkedIn is probably the best way. If they were to just look me up, Nancy John. Uh, they'll find me on there and that's the best way to connect with me. If anybody wants to either look into what I do or message me, they're welcome to do that. Boom. There you go. So for anyone that's listening, please go to those platforms to connect with Nancy. So as you and I were talking about the topic and a concept, something that we wanted to discuss, I guess the one that we've narrowed down to was, do you worry about being forgotten? But knowing the two of us, there's probably a likelihood that we will diverge and not <laughs> about the sun and the energy that it gives off by the end of this call. <laughs> um, there's a high likelihood that that may happen. So for those that are listening, please stick with us. But this topic of do you worry about being forgotten? Maybe to start it off with the concept of forgotten. What does that even mean to you? What does it mean to be forgotten? Um. You know, it's interesting. Like I, I think when you and I were messaging back and forth, one of the reasons why this came like resonated for me was because, you know, just even, um, I've been talking to just as part of my work, I've been talking to a lot of introverts. And one of the things that comes up when you talk to introverts is this idea of maybe forgotten is not the word, but I'm going to, I'm going to connect the two in just a second. Mm-hmm. The idea of not being seen or, uh, you know, possibly even like, you know, are you invisible at some point? And mainly because introverts, just that temperament of introverts is natural, like usually in like a, in a social gathering are usually the more quieter ones. Right. And so if, even if I was to take this into like a work situation, the idea of, you know, if I am, is it possible to be overseen or kind of not seen or invisible or forgotten, uh, if I'm quiet. And so there's this, there's this kind of, I feel there's a little bit of a tug that comes with that because we talk a lot about, we promote things like, you know, listening and being quiet and all these things. But then I'm like, well, what does in reality, what actually shows up for people? Like what, what do they see benefits from? 
Um, so it, that's why this, this sentence or this question resonated for me is just because of the conversations that I've been having, this idea of like, you know, not seen. So I think forgotten may be something where you are out of memory completely, uh, or it could even be just that idea of just not being noticed, mm. not being seen. I, I feel that that could be part of early stages of just not being in my purview at some point and then forgotten. Right. Like you don't see something on me. You kind of forgot about that. Do you think with extroverts, it's completely different? Like, do you think with extroverts, you are always seen? Or here's another question when it comes to just this whole concept of being seen and heard. Mm. Is it only through that one form that we perceive it to be like in order to be seen? Is it only through the form of speaking out and putting yourself out there? Or can it, uh, can, can it be possible to be seen in silence? You know, and I think that's such a great, great question because I had a little bit of like a, what do you call it? A Freudian slip or whatever. When mm -hmm. I was getting preparing for our conversation today, I was just jotting down the question of does your quiet make you invisible? And I was just writing it down and I actually wrote invincible. And it was purely because then also I'm staring at it going like, that's not the spelling of invisible. I was like, no. <laughs> it was just weird. I was just staring at what I wrote. And I'm like, what did I just write there? And I just thought like, oh my gosh, how weird is that, that I wrote that? So I think it really depends. Cause you know, um, I, I was just from my own experience. And this is, this is why for me, it's a good question because this is me not talking from a place of, oh, I know the answer for everything. That's not what I mean. It's just this, my own growth experience. And as I'm growing through it myself, the idea of being seen, there's a combination of that. So, so yes, does it involve speaking and being heard and actually kind of putting something out there? I, yes, I do believe that that's definitely a component of that. The starting component is really about whether we see ourselves. Right. And I feel that that was my own, I had to do a little bit of like a turn the light inward and ask that question to myself. Well, okay, well, what do you see? Like, do you see yourself? Like, who is it that you see? And that was really pivotal. And so I feel that, you know, the idea of being seen is not, it is, ex we do take cues from what we see externally, like how people, how people might, you know, uh, treat us or how they talk to us, or, you know, do we, you know, do you, are you among the conversations for a great opportunity? Does your name ever show up? Is it always a certain other other names? And you're like, why is it that my name's never on there? And like, what is it that I lack? And so we, there's certainly stories we create about that too, but those external things feed some of that for us. But in the end, like it, it does start with kind of like that scene component is like, how do I see myself? I think that's the starting point. Mm -hmm. For those who, you know, <laughs> I think then there comes a point where your silence is powerful. Like there is, think about it. Like there are times when you kind of are with somebody and their silence just makes you kind of, it's powerful and it's almost uncomfortable. Cause you're like, mm -hmm. Ooh, it's like super heavy or like, it feels like there's a lot there, but they're not moved by it. And so, yeah, I do think there's place. So I don't, I'm certainly not someone who says it's one or the other. Um, so to your question about, you know, do extroverts feel it? I'm sure extroverts feel uh, I, I can't say that there's no extroverts who don't feel like, oh, I'm not being noticed. I have, oh, the reason that it shows up for me for introverts is because I think probably because I talk to more of them and, and also my own experience as well. The one other thing with introverts is unlike extroverts, I have never, I have only heard introverts ever say I'm an introvert as a qualifier. Like they, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to talk about something. They're going to say X, Y, Z, I do X, Y, Z, or, you know, I show up like this and then they add either at beginning or after that, they'll say, you know, as, because I'm an ex, because I'm an introvert, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. I've actually, I'm trying to think it's so rare for me to ever hear extroverts qualify that component of them. And I think it's probably because, you know, introverts, <laughs> I don't want to speak for every introvert, but I'm going to speak for the ones I've spoke that I've talked to and mm -hmm. I've talked a lot. The idea of like that awkwardness, like we, we tend to feel like we're some sort of somewhere like awkward for <laughs> wanting yeah. to not talk or yeah. awkward for 
well, I don't actually want to hang out, right? Like, I don't want to. I could really be alone by myself right now and be completely okay. I remember when I was, like, I think in our first year of marriage, first or second year of marriage, uh, my husband and I, we uh, we lived in a condo. And I, I must have gotten home from work before him or something. And I, it must have been a busy, it must, you know, sometimes, like, because I've been in, like, the training and development space for such a long time. And I love my work. And that's what's interesting is that, I love that work, even though that's a very people and heavy oriented uh, in front of people speaking and stuff like that. But he comes home and it must have been a busy day for me or something. I was just sitting on the couch, no TV on, no music, no nothing. I was just sitting on the couch and I was just like, looking, <laughs> just looking out into the distance, <laughs> not even out the window. I was just sitting there. Right. And so he comes home and he's looking at me. He walks in. He's like, are you okay? And I'm like, what? He's like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. He goes, what's wrong with you? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, what's wrong with you? Why are you just staring at the wall? I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not staring at the wall. Like, so it was just interesting what he's like, what he observes and things is so weird because he's more, he's a bit more extroverted and I'm, I'm more on the introverted side. Like we're both, neither of us is extreme, but he enjoys background noise. And for him, those things are, he needs that. Whereas for me, it was different. So yeah, I just I just found it interesting that, you know, I think there's this awkwardness that we feel about that. So we qualify certain things. So I'm not saying I'm not saying one who says like one is better or one has more or anything like that. It's just I feel that when it comes to social dynamics, uh, this idea of the awkwardness, the weirdness of it, all of that pops up. I feel at least I have observed more with introverts mm -hmm. than it does with extroverts. And so then you know, when you're in a situation where you're more, more often the quiet one, like it is, it is easy to be forgotten. It is easy mm -hmm. to be like, Oh, mm -hmm. you know, set aside. So I think it does start with like kind of getting comfortable with who you are um, before, before just jumping into, well, what does everybody else think? What's your ideal version of what you aspire to leave behind you? Cool. In whatever the time frame is in regard to being an introvert, like how do you understand the concept mm. knowing what you know now and what do you want people to understand about it that speaks your language rather than speaking the language of someone else? Yeah. So I can, I can do my best to answer that in the moment I'm in now, considering that a year from now, I'm going to be like, I have a different answer. So let's, <laughs> and that's let's all right. We'll have a, yeah. We'll have a different, different conversation. <laughs> uh, based on where I am right now, if I can help other introverts feel comfortable in their skin. So the understanding of like, what is the power you hold? You asked that question about, you know, is there, I, I don't know if you use the word power, but maybe you said strength. I don't remember, but you said about the quiet, like, is there, can you be seen in the quiet or something like that you'd ask right mm -hmm. just kind of recognizing uh the strength that they hold um that we all hold like i, I would love to be part of that work in a bigger way mm -hmm. and and to in that process also help us understand that it's not about an either or so I don't want anything that I do to ever be about like, well, now we have everything. And then you have that other group that, you know, is, has something wrong with them. That's not mm -hmm. the case at all. It's just really understanding when you can understand what strength you bring to the table, then I might actually also be able to appreciate what you bring, which is different that I don't carry. And it doesn't diminish me that you have that and I don't and vice versa, that I have something that you do. It doesn't diminish us that it actually might make us better. Um, but yeah, like that, that really that foundational being, okay, let me start with who am, like who exactly am I and what do I bring to the table? I would love to be part of that work on an individual basis. And then from, I think, especially, I think this is maybe more so Western concept because I, I have, I think the, in the East, it might be slightly different. At least that's my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, if I think about it from like even a work or corporate situation, helping those decision makers also to see differently, you know, who are the voices that you're just not picking up on? Cause I understand there's so much that happens when you are on the top layers of leadership. Like you have to have your eyes on a lot of things. And so you oh, rely yeah. on 
things to be fed to you. You know, you can't, you're like, cause I can't see everything. So I'm going to trust what's comes to me. Sometimes to ask the question, like, is there a voice that we're missing? Like we don't see because mm -hmm. we just are, there's too many other voices that are out there. Um, and so I think there's a combination, right? And so it, I, to be involved in that, to kind of help shape that, help people to recognize what they bring to the table and to say, what does other people bring to the table? Where do I need to adjust? So this is never about, I'm have nothing to work on that work, uh, is what I'm like, I'm really excited about that. And I think that again, is partly because as we experience certain journeys, we want to be like, yeah, how do I help others along with that as well? And, and mm -hmm. a year from now, it, I, I expect that it will expand. Like my expectation is that this, whatever, why that, that ex, my want around this will expand. Um, and it will feel accordingly. The reason why I asked that question is because I think for me, what started to make sense within whatever the time frame was, but I started to understand that instead of trying to build certain things for like this, you know, grand finale moment, like here it is, here's what I've been building. I started to focus more on, can I express what it is that I envision and understand today? Cause I think there's the, even the whole concept of forgotten, there is an underlying timeline that gets associated with it. I mean, do you worry about being forgotten dot, 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 probably when you die, right? <laughs> I think that's probably one of the, one of the questions. Sure. Seriously, yeah. it's like, do you yeah. worry about being forgotten when you die? Yeah. And if so, like, how do you want to be remembered? So mm -hmm. I think there's this concept of living in a timeline when it comes to not only lives, but just the different projects that we choose to embark on. And I'm choosing to approach it more through the lens of, okay, if I'm working towards X, Y, and Z, can I show that now? And how do I do that? Yes, how yes. can I express that now in knowing that nothing about tomorrow is guaranteed? Yes. You know, cause if I'm working towards like some ultimate goal with the concept of tomorrow not being guaranteed, I may never fulfill that goal. Yep. And I may never actually highlight and show people what it is that I'm going towards. Yep. Rather it's like, how do I do that now? And that's why I asked you the question of how do you understand it now? Yes. Just in case this is the last conversation we ever have, which I hope oh, it's not, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but what I a mean, way to have a Friday in, call <laughs> in all seriousness, you know, it's like, we I don't know. You. We yeah. truly don't know yeah. um, what happens within this journey. And so that's where I think just being able to articulate it in the way that you do for me, that's important. Yes. And I appreciate that's kind of why I wanted to say, this is how I see it now. And six months or a year from now, it, you know, and I think that's been one of the great things for me. Uh, 2020 has been a crazy year for everybody. So I'm not going to, not just for me, it's been crazy. It's also been immensely uh, a growth year <laughs> in many ways. And yeah. my appreciation for growth really happened this year. And my appreciation for this is not where it ends. Like, as in, this is an ongoing thing that right. the idea that this will expand and, you know, and the idea of, like, as I said, you know, goals around like, you know, how do I level up that whole idea all started from this idea of like growing mm -hmm. and the appreciation for, you know what, this is how I feel about it right now, based on what I know right now. And I would sure hope that I grow in the next six months, year, you know, week, I hope I continue to grow. And I hope then that I would have enough openness to come back and reconsider. Mm -hmm. right? That's not to say you have to change everything all the time. I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, we can, you can hold on to things, but just reconsider, right? I, I can have a difference of, I understand it better now. Guess what? You know, it actually reminds me of, did you ever watch Seinfeld? Like were you ever, did you ever watch the show? Uh, like one episode. I didn't get it. I was way too young for it. What? Okay. Didn't maybe. have the perspective or the insight. <laughs> I I didn't think it was funny at all. And yet everyone around me was like cracking up. Oh, like, oh, like... I'm in the wrong room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there's, I won't get into the whole episode, but there's this is one episode with, and, and I believe anybody listening in, most people know the character. So there's a character Kramer and he does this in this episode, he is watching a movie and it's, I guess, a really long movie. It's about a lady who goes into a coma. And so he's about two hours, I don't know, however long the movie is, he's an hour into the movie and 
And so like, she goes into the coma very early in the movie. And so he's watching this and he goes, he goes, I'm looking at her and I go, I don't want, like, if I, he goes to Jerry, you know, look, I need your help. If I go into a coma, I need mm -hmm. you to pull the plug. Like, I can't, I can't live like this. Right. So then he goes, he, he takes one of the characters, Elaine, to a lawyer and they go through all the different situations <laughs> that may come up. So he's like, what if you can use your arms, but your brain is not functional and all these things, would you want to pull the plug? And so then they're like looking, yeah, sure, pull the plug. So they're going through all these situations. The next day he finishes watching the movie and the woman comes out of a coma. <laughs> so then he's like, oh crap. He goes, I gotta go back to the lawyer and change it. But that's the first thing that came to my mind as we're talking about this idea of that it can change. Like he didn't have the full picture of the fact that it's possible that you can come out of a coma. Mm -hmm. And and because of that, he goes, Well, now that changes everything for me, right? And so mm -hmm. I think that's the thing with this idea of growing. And I really want to encourage people to um like be excited about it, but also you know, don't, the, I think it's the concept of arriving that I have arrived, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I've, that's completely left me yet. I, I still have that. And so, and you know, I, I what does that mean? Just, like you're going towards a destination? Yeah. Specific so destination? Example, yeah. Like, let's think about it even as like a goal, right? Like you, you've set a goal for yourself, whatever that goal might be. Um, the idea of I've achieved it. Now I'm at the mountaintop. Right. And I feel that there's a, there's a little bit of like a, at least while we're alive, there's a little bit of a fallacy around it that, that we've actually arrived. And I feel sometimes when we feel that I, I've arrived instead of taking it as just a reprieve, which is great. I'm not saying don't enjoy the moment. Like absolutely mm -hmm. we need to enjoy the moment. Um, but that, consideration that when it comes to us developing and growing, that there is no quite arrival. That there is a, you get to this point, you're like, oh, but it's keeps like it's, I'm still swirling up. Like there's still more like, the, like, cause you're, it's just this expanding of you. It's a and never ending experience. What's that? It's a never ending experience. It's a experience. And I feel that for me, I'm appreciating that a little bit more uh now where i'm at in life i'm appreciating that a little bit more and just the enjoyment of can i enjoy the journey i haven't really been that sort of a person for most of my life like enjoying the journey i've been very much about like how do i i want to get to that destination but then the problem was then i was just like okay now next destination yeah hopping destinations you know i'm like well how do i actually also enjoy the process of it that's not i don't and i don't want to be you know i don't want to be rose colored glasses and be like, Oh, everything is amazing in the desk. It's not, you know, there's, it's not all enjoyable, but just like, what am I, what's, what's the growth of what's happening? And just 2020 has really, uh, allowed me that. I wonder, here's what I'm thinking. I was actually reading about this and I wonder if like I turned, I turned 40 last year and I wonder if that's part of it. It's a second life kind of, you know, second half of life kind of thinking where you're like, it's different. I don't know how to explain it. Right. And I don't know if I would have, maybe I could have gotten here 20 years ago, who knows, but I don't, I don't regret it. In it. Just, I don't say that with regret. It's just that there's a appreciation for, huh, what might this look like and what my growth look like. And growth is pretty amazing if we give it a chance. So that expansiveness of it, um, pretty cool. Well, I think it also speaks to the concept of you are on your own timeline. <clears throat> I know for me, one of the things that I had tension and difficulty with was, so I'm 27 right now, <laughs> about to be 28 in a couple months. But some of the people that I would have conversations with, oftentimes I would receive these comments such as, man, you are, you know, such an old soul or old you're soul. wise, be wise beyond your years. Yes. And initially, like I struggled with accepting that. Mm. I struggled with accepting it because I felt that that was a, a mode of comparison. I thought it was a comparison between where I am and where that person is. And so I started to look at it through the lens of just because the person, because there have been situations where the person was 40, 50, or 60 years old and say that to me. And they would say, I did not find that in my 20s. Hmm. And But in my mind, I was processing it through the lens of, well, maybe that wasn't the journey you were meant to go on in your 20s. Hmm. Maybe you were meant to go on a different journey in your 20s. And it wasn't until your 60s 
that you were able to experience what I'm able to experience. Yeah. So that's where I think it kind of make the, or complete the circle. It kind of comes full circle and that's shooting for that destination. Like who's to say that you're supposed to have X, Y, and Z figured out by the time you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Yes. Yes. You know, I think that's just a set of expectations (laughs) that get passed down probably from previous generations. Yeah. And that's what I'm choosing to kind of challenge is, okay, I don't have to have X, Y, and Z figured out by a particular point. Like for me, I don't even set it as goals like that. Mm. I look at it more so experiences. Mm. This is what I would like to experience. Like it would be cool to have a conversation with X, Y, and Z. It would be interesting to read a book that talks about ABC rather than having it be on a timeline. Yeah. Because I mean, even in regard to the timeline, once again, nothing about that's guaranteed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Very true. And, you know, I don't, the, I just think it's interesting. You brought up about the whole, what you experienced in your twenties versus what I might've experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was thinking about that today and I was just thinking about, Oh, I wonder if I had gone this route with this decision when I was 21 years old. And we, and I feel that a lot of times, we either go, I feel we go either one or two ways. It's like, oh man, you know me, what could I have been? What might I have done? And, or mm-hmm. it could be, oh, but then I wouldn't have had these things, like these experiences. Yeah. And, and partly I'm just like, well, maybe both are okay. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and both are fine. Like, but they were both options at that moment. And I'm, I'm fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. like both of those are just two destinations that, yeah, maybe it would have branched out this way. Who knows, right? And um, so, yeah, it is actually interesting to kind of, I think for me, what I've really appreciated is arriving at where I'm at now in my 40, like being 40, is that um, it gave me such great expectation, expectation, not in a burden, but like anticipation, maybe that's a better word, Uh, anticipation for the fact that you can grow where whenever point in your life i think that was what was really amazing for me because sometimes Mm -hmm. what happens is it's like oh now it's all downhill and i'm like no i just feel like i that there's there's still growing that's possible there's still like like a shaping and there's uh and i'm i am much more mature to handle it because of such and such experiences in my life it's just different and i'm I have great anticipation around it. So I say that as a way to encourage others who might be thinking like, oh crap, I'm getting older and you know, whatever. I mean, I'm sure there's like 60 year olds who might see this and go, oh, you're 40, that's so young. But I would say, yeah, like I'm hoping 20 years from now, I say the same thing that I'm like, amazing. Like I can continue to grow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think that's been a great, I've, I've really, that awareness has been just super. It's It's a great awareness, yeah. Where do you think, personally speaking, where does that start for you? Because for me, as I approach growth or some of these topics that I would like to experience, for me, it starts with a story. Like Internally, I tell myself the story, and I also find that that story has to be convincing enough for me to actually act upon it. Right. You know, otherwise, it's just like just any other thought. Yeah. Do you have a similar experience, or is there something else that you've been able to observe within your own life that sets you along on those paths um so again i'll speak like from my experience and and i'm vividly thinking about 2020 because one it's so recent and Mm -hmm. two because i paid probably more attention i was very intentional about paying attention because i was like i want to be able to remember this (laughs) and be like what exactly happened sure is a time to remember (laughs) let me put it to you that way Um, so for me, it really started, like, I think I've mentioned to you before, like it was very much from a core sort of, um, a a spiritual place and that's very foundational for me. And so it started there. Uh, I had a lot of questions about, I had questions about tons of things. Um, and then I also had questions about like my own ability to make decisions, questions about my own, um, insecurities about things and you know it was all like quite churning and and so it kick-started for me a journey of okay 
what does it mean? So this con this concept and belief around God, like what does that mean for me? And it started there. And so for me that so for me that's not very it's it it might sound to people like as some sort of outwardly kind of mm -hmm. thing. And it wasn't, it was actually it was actually like just because my belief is that you know God resides here with us and it's not it's not some sort of just out there kind of thing right that that that's mm -hmm. but it i had some very foundational questions about the beliefs that i grew up with and my so where i started was i just said okay i'm going to set all of that aside and all i'm going to ask is if you are who you say you are like if you exist then then i want to know who you are not not who not who others might think you are not what i think you are that actually is what started my journey and it has been a it's been a bit of a roller coaster because i've certainly had times where i'm just like what what the hell does that mean like what does that mean for me and what do i believe now and it's shattered a lot of ways of thinking it's um really it's kind of it's fine-tuned me to see in a certain way um but then this idea of growth came from there that this journey of knowing god and discovering has actually what it exposed for me was how we are always meant to grow mm. we are always meant to be like seeking and asking and finding like it's it's always meant to be it's always meant to be and so it was like a amazing experience for me and i was just like I hope it doesn't end like that's where that's where i'm at i'm like i don't want it to end so this idea of growing fits into every area so for me this this question of searching for god has actually made me much more aware of everything and everyone around me mm -hmm. it was it has not been an, a, an isolated search of some being like that's not what's happened and so that's where for me just the idea of like okay well growth what does that mean and we're not meant to find and just sit there like oh i found it Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, there's a lot of times, like there's a lot of references, like for, for my, my uh, faith background is I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. And so one of the, one of the teachings that, that even Jesus talks about is a lot is calls. He calls, he talks a lot about the kingdom of heaven. And I never really knew what the like, growing up, I was like, okay, oh, you just listen to these things and you wonder what they are. But if you actually like, listen to, he taught, it's that it's one concept he talks about all the time. And what I learned about it in my year this year was its descriptions of it are always about expansiveness. It's always about search. It's always about uh, like looking for, searching for, growing, reaching for. It's about acceptance. It's about love. It's about shape. Like it's just, and I'm like, okay, like that to me is, it's been amazing. And so for me, that's opened up for me other areas of my life to actually examine and say, what does this actually mean to live it out? Um, and so it's, there's been scary times where it's like, I said, like, there's some beliefs that are kind of like, Ooh, what does that mean? I think I might have, to, I might be letting go of some of these things mm -hmm. and letting go of beliefs that are held for a long time. That's painful. I don't know if you ever had experienced that, but oh, yeah. there's, there's pain around being like, well, if I don't, if that's not true anymore, even to verbalize, to say that yeah. oh, maybe I don't believe that anymore now what it's like <laughs> you like, shed a part of your identity of yes yes and so it's been great to kind of realize what are the things that i've attached as me and they're actually aren't me at all but how real it feels right and so the um people talk about i think i don't i'm trying to think who who is it i don't know if it was buddha maybe it was buddha but forgive me if i'm misquoting the idea of suffering being um optional or something like that and so first I think at first level, when people hear that, it can seem uh, uncaring because you have tons of people in this world who are suffering and they mm -hmm. would not say, uh, yeah, I'm opting for this suffering. And so I, initially when I would hear things like that, I'm like, okay, I just feel like that's a very insensitive thing. Um, now I'm looking at it at a different level, not from a involuntary suffering, but the place where you had talked about stories, the place where we choose to hang on to a story that actually makes us miserable. 
but letting it go is just, it's like, it takes like the, this, it's that concept of letting it go. What would it mean if I let it go? Cause if I let that go, I might have to let this thing go as well. I have to mm -hmm. let that thing go as well. Mm -hmm. I might have to let, I might have to forgive to let it go. Mm -hmm. I might have to have a different conversation to let it go. And it's like, well, actually, I don't want to do any of those things. So I'm just going to hang on to this and be miserable with it <laughs> along the way. And it just struck me the other day because I was hanging on to some thought or feeling. And and that's what came to me, Nancy. Like, yeah, you're you're creating this. This is a highly optional situation for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> but just I didn't I didn't let it go right away. I'll 100 percent. I'll admit to everybody here. I didn't let it, it's not that all of a sudden I'd let it go, but the awareness of it at least helped me realize that I'm choosing it, mm -hmm. that nobody was doing it to me. It's empowering and it's also overwhelming at oh the my. same exact time <laughs> and understanding that you create the world around you, around the narrative that you choose to tell yourself, yeah, around the questions that you ask, you attract the people into your life. Yes. It's it's really fascinating. You know, when you were talking about this whole concept of questioning and, and searching for meaning and trying to find it in different forms, I get curious as far as at what point within the journey does questioning just become a form of procrastination? Uh, it's the, that's, a, that's a great question. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess my first answer that came to my mind was, I guess if it's holding you back from taking a needed action, right? I feel that most of us are quite aware when we're procrastinating. Yes. <laughs> I would, I would uh, highly agree with that. So, um, and a lot of times we might, to show to you, for example, hey, Oleg, I don't want you to think that I'm a procrastinator. Mm -hmm. I may paint a different picture of like, I'm doing this and that kind of thing, right? Um, I'd, uh, so I also say that with a caveat that that's not always the case, of course. So I don't think your question is really saying don't question, which I think people go to these opposite extremes with that, right? right. Like, oh, that means like anybody who questions and so for example, can we like, if we can come back to where we started, which was like, I talked about introverts. And so one thing to recognize about most introverts, and I, again, this is not, not meant to share about everybody, but most introverts have, are tend to be, we need a little bit of processing time just to process and be like, okay, so if there was a certain ask or if there's a task or something, just a little bit of time to process it. One, to figure out what's the ask, you know, whether I want to do it, what do I, what do I want to know more about it? And so that can be seen. So sometimes that involves questions, right? Like I need to, I need to learn a little bit more before I can, uh, before I can say yes. Actually, great example. When I had actually reached out to yourself and a couple of the other introverts to kind of share your thoughts on those points, I think there was, I'm trying to think if all of you did, but I do recall you specifically asking me, you said, Nancy, I'm just curious, what is, what is it that you want? Like, what do you require? Like, if you can give me a little bit more, cause I want to know the time commitment that would be required mm -hmm. because I have X, right? That was me. Is, yes. Right. And so, <laughs> like, that's a fair question. Yeah. Now, not everyone does that. Like some people may not do that. I'm not saying not every introvert does that, but that idea of questioning and processing. And so what can happen is that can be seen as a stalling for somebody who's like, come on, let's, let's get moving on this. Right. And can be seen as procrastinating. And so it's, it's really learning to understand what do you need to make an informed decision, but that doesn't mean you don't make a decision. Like what mm. do you need to make an informed decision? Each of us needs a little something different. Um, but we know when we're procrastinating, it's not that introverts don't, introverts know when they're procrastinating. It's just that we might need something a little bit more. And so just honoring that is important, but also recognizing like this is a two-way thing. So it does matter. When does Oleg need what he's looking for from me? When do you need it by? Then I can tell you, you know what? I actually can't follow through on that. Or yes, I can follow through on that, but I need an, a little bit more. And so um, I do think there's a time where questioning just goes, can be too much. Um, but you know, you know when you're procrastinating. You know when you're doing it to deal with the stress of whatever it is that yeah. you want stress to do. of life. Yeah. 
I mean, that, I can relate to that 110%. Yeah. Different things that I do sometimes just because of that. But yeah. it, it, it's seen as procrastination. But in reality, if given the time and the space, I can justify that procrastination. Yeah. How it's time to reflect, observe, gather my thoughts. Yes. Think of the best possible action moving forward. So I think that's one of the, it's a double-edged sword of being someone who has the ability to think is that I have found myself in situations, even when I know I am procrastinating, I can justify that. I can find (laughs) value from the procrastination. Seriously. It's, it's, it's phenomenal to look at it that way. But then I'm like, okay, I, I have to, I recognize that when I do it, you know, I'll, I'll give you every possible reason, but in reality, I know internally, like, okay, you were just procrastinating. Yes. That's it. You were avoiding the task, but yet I can give you 50 things that I've learned through that time of procrastinating and all the value that I gained. Yeah. That's an interesting one. What's Mm -hmm. interesting about that is the one person that you cannot lie to about that is yourself. Yeah, literally. So the fact, let's say you started to tell yourself, okay, well, Oleg, like, here's what I got out of it, blah, blah, blah. You know yourself, you would be like, okay. But we also yeah. know why you did it. Yeah. <laughs> so literally. the ability is sitting in here going, okay. But again, it's not that there are times when we need to just, the, for example, the other day recently, I just had a really long day and I, I was tired. And the task that I was doing was such an, un, like what I chose to do next in my time was such mm-hmm. an unnecessary, mindless task yeah. <laughs> that really was inconsequential. But I all what I realized was I was doing it because I needed a mindless task. Mm. I needed something because I was just feeling overwhelmed, right? And I just needed I, I did it. So as long as I just recognize, Nancy, this is a complete waste of time that you're doing right now. So give yourself a few minutes to actually do it and then move on from it. Do you think yeah. that comes from intention though? Or is that just, there's something else beyond that? Cause I've noticed the same exact thing. Certain, there's certain times and I bet many of the people tuning in right now can relate to this where I would go to the pantry and just start, you know, the never ending snack journey. It's like, <laughs> I just had breakfast. Like, why am I eating another granola bar? You know? Yes. And I wonder like how much of that is actually intentional and how much of it is just something that I can't even conceptualize that body tells me and helps me recognize that, Hey, this is a time for a mindless task Yes. or like getting up and walking around the place that I live. It's like, what, what, what actual value am I gaining from that? Unless I'm reflecting. Yeah. You know, then I'm just walking. Yeah. It's a, yeah. You know, I, I actually had this conversation with my own coach. I think earlier this year, I was trying to, I was, I was looking to get back and being active. I had taken like a little bit of time off and for anybody else who's ever done that, the kind of restarting again is like, holy smokes, like, you know, going and, things like that. and so then she asked me a question. Uh, I can't, I, I'm, I don't, I'm going to completely paraphrase what the question was, but anyways, the conversation was around, I was like, oh man, I want to, you know, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm getting better with the activity, like, you know, starting to work out, but the eating is not the best and blah, blah, blah. And so then she just, she said something around the idea of paying attention, like, you know, like pay attention to what your body wants, because, you know, there are times when your body's to your point, like there are times that I think we do things that seem that we don't want to do, like, you know, in terms of like, it's counter, like I want to eat healthy, yeah. always be active and stuff. And, and it was just the idea of like paying attention that there might be a time where the way that you're wired, you need, you need to let, like, let loose, like, let it go a little bit. Yeah. Um, Cause I was like, Oh, what did I said something? Oh, I, I want to be able to do that. I want to do that. And she goes, she goes, do you want to do it? Or do you want to want it? And I was like, well, I want to want it. I don't actually want it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a fantastic question because it, now it's a question that I've asked myself. I'm like, well, do you actually want it or do you want to want it? Because they're two different things. And sometimes, you know, to understand that it was just a bit of a mind blow the way she put it. She goes, what, whatever you're doing right now, 
if you could understand that it is serving you. And I was just like, well, how on earth? Because I, I then went to the extreme. I said, well, okay, I go, that's actually kind of a, I don't know how, how I believe in that. If somebody has, you know, let's say someone is, has been, has a, a, a health issue, a weight issue. And so what are you going to say that, you know, what, like them having that, that, you know, kind of eating, eating and not having control over that, that's, that's serving them. And then she just positioned it differently. She goes, no, she's like, it might be serving them right now. There's something else that they are working yeah. through. So it actually might be serving them right now and or working towards, but what she said was, if you can just kind of it, I think what she was trying to say was get rid of the mentality of this, something is happening to you or this, that some external situation is causing something to, she was just like, you know, if you can just accept that, you know, for example, right now, you just want to, you want the comfort foods. You just don't want to be thinking about your, you're not going to feel good about the fact that I'm working out. I just thinking about the diet right now is not where I need to be is that might be serving you right now. It might be giving you a level of, so then we talked through that. And so I think what came out for me was like, you know, there's a level of comfort. There's a de-stressor that was happening for me and things like that. But the awareness of it all of a sudden made me go, okay, but how much longer do I want to sit here? You know, maybe there's a way I can move past that. And so it was this, this just the concept of, for me, you know, a lot of my life, it's been about like, you know, you know, you want to strive towards something, you want to, you know, yeah. work towards that. And I believe in hard work. So again, this is not a either or this is a both and situation of recognizing there are times when you can, because there are way that you can move with the flow of something. And so this week was, or this week or last week was a good example where I was just like, even with my eating, I start to realize, okay, as the winter weather's winter weather is here, it's colder. I'm realizing that I'm eating differently. You know, um, as you get older, like I don't work out the same way. I don't, my thought, like everything shifts, like everything is shifting. So why am I not shifting with that? That doesn't mean you have to let everything, you don't have to be like, well, that's over now. It's like, how do you, that idea of growth, right? How, how you move yeah. with it, how you go with it. So yeah, I think it, that was, it was a really good point. A question she asked me that was like amazing for me to take and away. I, I think that's an interesting mindset because I'm looking at it through the lens of, in a way, I mean, everything is serving me. It truly yeah. is. I have a choice. You know, you spoke earlier about having the choice to go one way or the other when you were at X, Y, and Z age, I think it's the same thing in regard to service. <laughs> Anything that happens, I mean, I might be in the hospital or whatever. Yeah. It's like, it's serving me because yeah. I choose to um, place meaning behind it. You know, events are just events. I believe that. Mm. But I think what makes events memorable and not forgotten and all this other stuff, it's the meaning that I choose to put behind it. Yeah. Because otherwise, thoughts are just thoughts. I mean, there are millions of them that you go through on a weekly basis. So I think what makes a difference for me is which which one of those do I choose to put meaning behind and act from and also know that the meaning of those things is going to shift and transform if I allow it to. You know, however I thought about my life 10 years ago, I may think of it differently today, and that's okay. It's a pretty powerful and pretty powerful way to think right to say everything and that's just all done with your mind like that's it yeah i don't know i'm not there yet so i don't even want to pretend to be like i'm there where i can say that everything is serving me not yet <laughs> slowly but surely i will it's fascinating <laughs> yeah. it really is it's fat there was a show that i watched recently uh called queen's gambit have you seen it i've seen i've seen it on netflix i haven't watched it yet though <sighs> um wow okay wow so my cousin watched it and she uh, immediately messaged me and she said hey i think you would really like this because okay. <laughs> of the story okay it's a girl who loses her mom in an accident she goes into an orphanage nine years old same exact age that i went into an orphanage um leaves the or orphanage at 13 i left it going on to 13 12 but like okay. i saw so many things that i was able to relate to um, but the thing that really stood out to me from that show that I was able to relate to my own life was, A, it truly is, in my opinion, how you interpret the circumstances. Mm. You know, she had X, Y, and Z upbringing, and she was able to become this, like, chess prodigy down the road. 
complete spoiler alert to anyone that's listening. But for me, it was just fascinating to see that that I have a choice in how I look at the circumstances. Yeah. So what that X, Y, and Z that happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I also think that there's value in using the reframe through the lens of not choosing to blame myself for what had happened, but more so embracing it and looking at it through the lens of, hey, those are the things that happened to me. And now I can do something with them. You know, I can have them be a part of my toolkit moving forward. Yeah. Um, instead of looking at it through the lens of, I can't believe this happened, or I can't believe I thought a certain way or I did yeah. certain things. Because um, for me, that's where I think the growth stops. Yeah. It becomes a lot more like a concrete mm. point where the blame enters and the shame and the guilt and embarrassment. But I think if it's more open-ended, I just realized that my own journey shifted completely. Mm-hmm. Like I no longer, I looked at my circumstances and I truly do today yeah. as something I'm extremely grateful for. Mm. Like beyond even words, you know, mm-hmm. I was talking to Scott Mason. It's so funny prior to this conversation and we we're thinking about the past and he was looking at, you know, the plaque behind me and all these different pictures, like me as a little kid and all that. And he said, um, he said something interesting. He said, is there a point where you don't feel like that was you? You know, mm. is there, was there, is there enough distance that gets created between who you are today and your past mm. that you actually no longer recognize yourself as that person anymore? Mm. And for me, I chose to say no because, and that's one of the reasons why I put it where it is. It's as a constant reminder right. of how far I've come. Right. And so I think this whole concept of transformation long story longer i think it's totally possible yeah totally possible totally doable um it looks different for every person every journey but just being able to step into that growth and just okay whatever happens happens you know and i think what you're talking about here reinforces earlier what we said about um it being ongoing like that's the whole thing again having destinations for a transformative journey yeah is setting a very like it's not setting a good expectation there really is no destinations with that it's yeah. really a ongoingness of like you know it's and, and riding that ongoingness of it and the joy of it happens in the space yeah uh, and yeah i feel like if if we if you start to set go like maybe goals, not the right word, but like destinations or setting like, Oh, I, I'm going to have, I'm going to arrive at a transformed life. The reality is that where you are now is transformed and yeah. you will, and just ex- the kind of keep moving that forward. Um, again, that's why for me, I, I really encourage as, even as we get older to be like, don't, it doesn't end, you know, just, just because somebody arrived at it or, to your point earlier than you doesn't mean you've lost anything or any time has been lost. It actually hasn't. You just, you start now, you know, you just start now and it's, it's pretty awesome. And I, I, I actually, you know, it just hit me right now. I wonder if all of us are actually experiencing that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, let me take that back. I wonder if all of us are actually going through that, but just not all of us are awake to the experience, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't want to claim that I actually, because I had this kind of a year this year where I had this growth that I'm somehow the only one who went through it. Yeah. Part of me is like, I wonder if like all of us, we're all, how can you go day to day, whatever you're doing and not have grown? It might just be that we just not awake to the growth. Yes. The growth has happened. Right. So we are all transforming. We're just some of, some have woken up and are kind of being like, Oh, I'm noticing it. Like I'm paying attention to what's happening. Yeah. Others are like, you know, I haven't woken up yet or, and I'm going to, right. Uh, so yeah, it just kind of hit me right now. And I think part of that also goes back to the expectation. Who's to say that growth comes in a one particular form or from one particular book or from yeah, yeah. one person. Yeah. You know, it, it has its own diff. It has its own stages. Um, some growth is going to, has been more visible to me. Others I haven't noticed. True. Some growth, I need to have a higher level or a different level of awareness to recognize. That's very true. Yeah. And it can come from many different places. 
I realized that like some of the conversations I would have. So one of the things I shared with um, Scott and some of the other people is, you know, some of the conversations, especially when it comes to the podcast and things like that, that we host, I look at them, a, this is a conversation that begins with my, with myself and for myself to begin with. And then it's a, it's a space to get shared between the two people or however many people there are. And everything else is an add-on because I can't control how other people are going to receive it if they receive it to begin with. Yeah. All I can control is how I receive it. Yeah. And that's where I think that concept of growth and change, there was this concept I've come across a couple years ago and I saw it yesterday again. And it was around this question of, um, would you be satisfied if you can only change one person? one person's life. See, I challenged that. And the reason why is because I think there's an emphasis on that one person being in the external self. Yeah. <laughs> why can't it be you? Yeah. What if you are the only person that you actually change? Which kind of happens. Like that's how it happens. Really think about it. Hmm. You know? Hmm. Because you're the only one that can articulate the change. Yes. So my first, like when you first said that, mm -hmm. my first reaction to that was, I don't know if that's even possible. And I, and the reason I say that is because of ripple effects. Mm -hmm. And it might just be maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's even just the, the language or the understanding of the question. I guess the starting point is like, you know, the idea of that I want to change you. I think that is a wrong, like, it's just a starting point is not a good starting point, right? To be like that, I, I think I want to be able to change you because you're like, well, why? I don't, I don't feel like I need any changing. I'm completely, yeah. I'm completely good the way I am, right? Um, so, so yes, I agree. Like, you know, the changing really is, it's, it can, it's this inward thing, but because I believe in ripple effects, I'm like, it goes outward intentionally or not. It's going outward. So, you know, if I am a certain way, mm -hmm. I will attract a certain type of person around me. I will be a certain way around people and they will respond a certain way to me. Right. Yeah. But it all starts from in here. So I do agree with you there. I think it might just be the action is in here, but unless I'm living on an Island away from every <laughs> source of life, living creature. Yeah. <laughs> it's very difficult to not, not just have this thing that flows out from you. It does, whether good or bad, it's always, there's this ripple effect that's happening. But yeah, I, I agree with you from the sense that the idea of like changing the world, you know, for, I think I might've shared this with you, a friend of ours. He said a really fantastic thing that I was just like, oh, I never thought about that. He goes, you know, I'm weary of the people who say I want to change the world. And I was just like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, they're usually the people who like end up doing crazy things and destroy everything. <laughs> Cause they feel so strongly that I'm the one to change the world. And he goes, I'd rather talk to someone who's like, you know, I have this, so it's not about changing the world, but it's about like, I have a mission for like this work that I want to do, or like, it's not as, you know, he's like, yeah, it just really made me think, yeah. You know, when you go around and be like, Oh, I'm going to change everything. It's like, I never thought about like, yeah, there are some very destructive things that have come from yeah. <laughs> wanting to change everything yeah, seriously yeah i feel the same exact way this morning in fact i would i read some post and it was talking about the person wanting to change the world and i literally had to just move on <laughs> i had to move on and and the reason why is because you know i still respected what was said but i think changing the world it's so arbitrary yeah. like to me it's like what does that mean which aspect of the world would you like to change yeah um, and then channeling that energy into, you know, not necessarily like specific, specific task, but something that I can articulate when you say and change the world. I mean, what are, what are we having a conversation about? Mm -hmm. That's where it goes kind of into that lens of just, you know, the never ending journey of questioning <laughs> and then just literally procrastinating. It's like the same exact thing. I think we can have a conversation about changing the world, but what does that mean? And unless we articulate what that thing that we're trying to change it's a never ending laundry list that we're going to compile. Yes. It's very true. Or like, like, sol like solving poverty. Right. That's arbitrary. Like, what does that mean for who? 
Right. What does it even mean to be in poverty? That's the first、mm. thing to begin with,、mm. and then changing that group and that demographic.、Oh, my goodness, you're right. Like that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> seriously, hunger. Same、yeah. exact thing. Identifying like who, what, who is struggling to be hungry.、Mm. I may experience a problem with hunger. That's compared to that's different from the problem that you experience when it comes、yes. to hunger. Yes. So are we solving everyone's hunger? You you you're saying get specific about like、yeah. who you're serving in what way and what specific. Yeah, I totally I agree.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's a never-ending journey. True. It's a never-ending journey of trying to, and then that's where I think the whole concept that you described it be, it does become destructive. Yeah. Then what are we really changing? Yeah. If、yeah. we're not channeling channeling towards something specific, yeah, what are we really changing? Yeah, you know, whole thing that whole other conversation you you and I had about like race and all of that, like yes, yes, it's it's great to say that no one's racist and stuff, but and we want to end racism, but what does that even mean? What does it actually mean to be racist? To bring that to people's awareness so they then they understand that oh, maybe the remark that I made or I make. Can be perceived as a racist one. Sure. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like way too much up in the air. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I guess that's where sometimes you need those like posts, like whosoever posts you were looking at, to just even for even for that ourselves to kickstart this thinking. Yeah. And it could start from a place of annoyance or like, oh, I don't. Like, oh, what does that even mean? But then it actually goes a little like. The questions you've asked have gotten deeper than that, right? It goes beyond that post, so so it has served. Oh my gosh! Everything does serve you. It served.、Yeah. Truly does.、Yeah. If you look at it that way. Yeah. Nancy, so I know you already mentioned how do people connect with you. What's the best way that people can connect with your podcast that you host? Uh, so I host the Relational Introvert podcast,、um, and you can find it on any.、Um, Any、uh, of the platforms, actually, whether you go onto Anchor or、uh, Spotify,、um, Google Pod, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, it's available anywhere.、Uh, I'm in the process of getting my season three up and running, and I have a few、uh, like really core business projects that are also on the go. So I'm, you know, it's a matter of balancing the time out there. But yeah, I I'd love for you to check it out, and you know, feel free to re- again. You're welcome to find me on LinkedIn as well. Um, yeah, thanks, Oleg. This has been great as always. Absolutely, thank you for being on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard. Please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google, so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we、we'll、look forward to having you next week.